Yesterday was daf one daf kuf ches one o eight. Today is kuf tes, and we are starting on the by the about five, um, four lines down, talking about chayav of And one second over here, I'm just putting on the mute. Okay, and uh, basically the we saw an interesting halacha from Rav Huna that one is permitted to write tefillin on the, on the leather, on the hide of a bird. If it's kosher bird, then it's okay. It's not a problem. And uh, Rav Yosef says, why isn't that obvious? I mean, do you, do you want to say that the, the birds, whether they have or or not, of course they do have or, because it's a Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that uh, if you're a chovel and a chayin of, um, you're chay. If that's the definition. That, by definition, that means that they have what's considered or. So the Gemara says, no, there's a very big Chiddush over here. What's the big Chiddush? Um, that if, uh, if it was just from our Mishnah, you would think that even though it is considered or, you might think that because that has holes in it, that could be no good and not acceptable for writing on. Kamash um, that uh, as they say in Eretz Yisrael, every hole, if the hole is small enough that the ink is able to go over it, and just fill the hole and it would stay there, meaning it's not really dripping through. It's good enough, it's, it's small enough that it doesn't count as a hole. And typically the feather holes are, are pretty, pretty narrow that you could write over it. And that's the chedush. Okay. Next we saw is Reb Zeira asked the question. Pasuk says that or for the, the or of the korban olas ha'of, is acceptable go out, to go up on the altar. If it's an or, why is it allowed on the altar? So the Kumar says, no, it is or, but the Torah says that even though it's or, it's allowed on the altar. It's an exception. That's version A. Version B of the, was Reb Zera is actually using it as a proof, because why would he need a puzzle to be marbe the or of, uh, of the of the Olas Oft that it goes on the Mizbeach if it's not really or? must be that it really is considered or, or what's required for writing on, and uh, and that's why you need a pasuk to tell me that it's acceptable. Because otherwise, why would I need a pasuk to tell me it's acceptable? So on that, Abai says that it could be that uh, really it is really it's not or. Why does it, uh, why do I need a pasuk? Because since it has a bunch of holes in it. People might think that's like not not appropriate to bring as part of the altar because it's most. That's why I tell you that we don't worry about that. But not. But the point being is not conclusive proof. Okay. Next thing we saw is Marbury the Ravina S. Rav Nachmar question: What about writing tefillin on on uh, the skin of fish, kosher fish? Okay. Can you write that on the skin of a kosher fish? So so he says, look, if Elio comes and tells me, then we could do it. Um, so he says, what do you mean if Eliyot comes? If you're telling me whether it's or or not, if the, the Metzius is that the fish do have skin. So it could, definitely could be, you know, as far as that goes. Must be. The question is, and, and we know, it's, uh, we talk about it in the Mishnayis, that the or of the fish is not metama. Okay? Um, it's matzil be'olames. It protects for olames. So what it is, is that if Eliyot will come, and say that the smell of the fish goes off, so then it'll be fine, otherwise not, and that's the issue. Okay. Next we saw an interesting story with Shmuel and Karna. They, uh, they were standing by the river. 
sitting by the river and they saw um, the water rise up in front of them and it was frothing the river. So uh, Shmuel said to Kana, that what that means is, is that there's a great man that's coming from Eretz Yisrael and traveling here. He has stomach problems and therefore the, the water is creating a wall around him to sort of give him privacy or protect him, whatever. And um, so I want you to find out who he is, what's his, you know, how good, you know, does he know his stuff. So sure enough, Karna goes and he greets none other than Rav, who's moving from Eretzor to Bavel. So he asked them the first question was, how do you know that you don't write, that you don't write tefillin except on Or Torah? Where do you get that from? So he says, why? Well, you know, it has to be from a kosher animal. So he says, it's from the Pasuk. Pasuk says, Matiyat Torah Hashem that, what does that mean? It should be in your mouth. It has to be from something that's kosher. Next question he asked them, how do you know the dam, blood, as far as Tuma of uh, Nida goes, is, is red? So that's a puzzle. The puzzle says that the Amor of Salt was of a year above Minegev. Minegev as Hamayim Adumim Kedam. The fact that it says red as blood, that means that dam is supposed to be red. And only... Only those liquids that you know that are coming from the body that are red have a din dam. Okay, black of course is also red, but it's red that after it oxidizes, so that's how it turns black. But it starts off as red. Next is mila. How do you know mila? Where mila is? That was the question he asked them. So he says, look, it's a false, it's a zerushava. It says orla by mila. It says orla by um, by the fruits, um, the first fruits, the first three years. Just like over there, it's the what makes pre. So too over here, it's what makes the peri. So maybe it means his heart, because it says umaltum is orlas levavchem, or maybe it means the oza and the ear. You have to do a mila on the ear because it's orlas oz, oznam. So another pasuk. So he says no. It says orla plain over here and there, as opposed to there. It, it says an orla with something. It says orlas levavchem, orla oznam. Okay. So he said, uh, so Rav did not like being peppered with questions. So he says, what's your name? He said, my name is Karna. So he says, you know, yeah, Rav, typically Karna Bena, you should get a, a Karen in your eye, a horn in your eye, which is uh, a sty or something. And apparently he suffered from that. In the end, Shmuel brought him to his house and Shmuel, wanting to cure him from his stomach problems, he fed him barley bread, fed him uh, fried fish, and he drank, gave him to drink some beer, and he didn't show him where the restroom was, so he feels the need to go to the restroom, and that will you know, cause it to churn in his stomach, so that when he finally does go to the restroom, he'll, uh, he'll relieve himself and cure his body, like basically drain out his system. So, but Rav is suffering, so he says, who's here causing me so much pain? He shouldn't have any sons, and indeed Shmuel never did merit to have sons. Only daughters. All right. Next thing is Machlokas Tanoim. Um, uh, we said that this is a Mila. How do you know that Mila is in, in the place where it is? It's, uh, one drasha is Rav Yoshia says the same drasha as Rav, that it's from Orlasa Orlasa. It says uh, from the Makama that's Osipiri to the Makama that's Osipiri. That's Rav Yoshia's Lima. And Rav Nassim says that it's, uh, that you can, it's a more basic. Pasuk says, So he, why does say Zachar? To tell you that it's in the place that's in the, that one can recognize the difference between um, a, a male and a female. So that's, the, that's, the, that's how you know. Okay. 
Next thing we said is that as far as writing tefillin on Orbe Matorah and Or Chay Torah and Or Nevelo Sutrefa Shalin. It doesn't add, it could even be on the Nevelo Trefa. And uh, you wrap it in the hair of the, of the animal, uh, kosher animal, and you sew the, the, the batim with the gid of the, of the animal. And it's Allah Chalmash Messina as far as all that goes. Um, uh, anyway, so one time uh, by Tusi asked Rabbi Yeshua Garcia and said, uh, How do you know that you write tefillin on only, uh, can't write it with the non kosher animals, the hides? So he says, It's Mantia Torah Hashem Beficha, Minamutu Beficha. So he says, If that's true, then the or Ola of a Nevela or Trevish should also not be good because you can't eat the meat from that hide. So he says, What do you mean? It's a mashal. He gave him an interesting parable. If you have two people that are that are obligated to be killed by the king, and the king kills one, and the other one was killed by an officer, which one is is in a sense more chashup, the one that was killed by the king? So here, a nevela was killed by the king. It was God uh, who caused the death of the animal, uh, so it should be even more chashup. So he says, if that's true, then why isn't it kosher? So he says, what do you mean? The Torah says you can't eat a nevela. What kind of question is that? So he sort of he accepted the answer. And anyway, brings us to the new Mishnah, which is uh, kind of to the topic of making brine, uh, making hilmi b'shabes, and it says that you can't do hilmi, but you could do b'melach, which is basically the same recipe as we'll soon see in the Gemara. Um, on that, Rabbi Yossi says, what's the difference? You can't make a, it's the same thing, whether it's a lot or a little, and the only way to make it that is illegal is if you put in oil in between the salt and the water, so that uh, or or before um, so that it weakens it. Um, so basically, uh, it, but if you put the salt and the water first, that's problematic. So um, the question is, what's the first line of the Gemara? The first line of the Gemara, review the, it says the name of Shmuel. Is saying that you can't make um, any salt water. Uh, if it's a large amount, but if it's a small amount, then it's okay. And that's where Rabbi Yossi says, why should it be allowed to be a small amount? And that's what Rabbi Yossi says, the Gemara asks, is that you're right, it should be no difference, but no difference which way. Therefore, it's both allowed or both not allowed. And the Gemara proves that Rabbi Yossi says that they're both asr. So Rabbi says, um, okay, and how we know that is because he says, the way to make it mutter is if you put oil um, on the salt, and then add the water, or you put oil into the water and then add the salt, and then it's okay. Um, so that shows that regular salt and water together, he's clearly saying is prohibited. Um, and that was the bottom line as far as which direction Rabbi Yossi is going. Um, and that the Brisa, in fact, says it exactly that way, that you can't make, the Tanakama holds that you can't make a large, large amounts of Meimelach that you would put your pickles in to pickle stuff. But you can make small amounts that you're just going to dip, you know, as a dip for your bread or to put your, uh, you know, put on your cooked foods. And Rabbi Yossi says, just because it's a little doesn't make it allowed. I mean, uh, is, can you do a malacha meruba as asr and a malacha muetes as motor? Well, just because it's a little amount, why should that make it permissible? Um, so therefore he says you have to do it with salt. Um, you put oil on your salt and then add the water, or you put oil in the water and then add the salt. That's the way to do it. Okay. Next we talked about is, um, we saw that you're not allowed to make v- strong salt water. And what's the definition of strong salt water? 
if it's strong enough to cause the egg to float in it, how much is that? That's two-thirds uh, salt to one-third water. And you get it fully, you, get, you melt the salt into the water, that's a very high saturation, and the eggs will actually float in that, um, in that dilution. Okay, um, and what do you make it that salty? I mean, it's very salty. What do you use that for? That's for the fish uh, brine that you to, to salt the fish. Um, next, we secure the fish. Now, next, we saw his review. The Barchaviva says that uh, radishes can be salted and eggs. Um, you have a question, Richard? Yeah, just a quick one. Um, when they talk about the egg floating, are they talking about a raw egg or a, a, a cooked egg? I, I really don't know, but I think, uh, I assumed a, a raw egg. I don't know why I assumed that, but it just, uh, it'll it's float same, an egg. It's the, it's the same mass. It's, what are we doing? Uh, the scientists over here says that it would, it would work for either. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway, so uh, um, talking about salting radishes and eggs on Shabbos. So Rab Yehuda Bar Chaviva says you cannot do so, and Rav Chizka says the name of Abaye that radishes are forbidden, but eggs are permissible. And Rav Nachman used to salt his radishes because he figured it's only ruining it, but then he found out that, and that's because the sharpness of the rad, the salt takes away the sharpness of the radish. Um, but then it turns out that, Shmuel, that and, that's, and the sharpness is with the healthy part of the radish. But then he found out that in Eretz Yisrael, they salt all the radishes, um, so therefore he felt that it would be not, not appropriate to salt it, but just to dip it is okay. And that's a... I don't know, there's an ancient Hungarian minhag to ha- serve radishes with the chicken soup. And you, I don't know if anybody here heard of it. They dip it in the, they eat it, you know, they have it as a side bite together with the chicken soup. So, black radish, it's a special kind of radish. Okay, but it's a clear cut minhag, right? Very much so. Very much so, yes, I figured. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, it's, uh, it comes from the Gemara. What do you think? It, it's, it's, not, it's, not by, it's not random. Okay, brings us to the next thing, which is um, um, next is uh, Rabbi Yudabar Chaviv talked about the esrog and the radish and the egg that, the, um, the, the, that by having it together, the, the, the white part of the egg together with the yellow, that's what actually makes it healthy to eat. Uh, otherwise, it would stay in your stomach forever. Um, and, that's the, and that's true with all of those species. Next, we saw as Rav Dimi said that uh, nobody ever drowned in the Dead Sea. Um, so the Gemara says, um, so the Gemara says, what, do you, what kind of crazy thing is that? What do you mean nobody drowned? People don't drown, but, but wood sinks? The Gemara says, no, no, no. Wood doesn't sink anywhere, so it's also not sinking in the Dead Sea. The, uh, of course not. But people who sink in other waters don't sink in the, Red, in the Dead Sea. And that's, uh, and that's what he's saying. What is the Chiddush of the Dead Sea? Is that actually, it's coming to tell me 
um, that it, talking about the question of refuah actually, and, um, and that was the that was what it's relevant for is that uh, basically can you um, there's a story um, of Ravin who was going with Rabbi Yirmiya right by the Dead Sea, and he says can you wash your hands with the dead, with the water of the Dead Sea is that like medicinal? So he says that's fine. What about putting it on your eyes and opening and closing it so some of the salt goes in your eyes? So he's like, that's, that is not, that I have not heard. But what I did hear is something similar, okay, which is um, um, basically it was in the name of Avod, the Shmuel and Levi. One says putting wine in your eye is forbidden because that's medicinal. Putting it on your eye, that's okay. Um, spit uh, that is not flavored, meaning from uh, that's been you know the the saliva is actually medicinal. On top of the eye is also prohibited. And um, so, who said which one? So we thought maybe Avud Shmuel said the one about the wine, because Shmuel uh, says that a person can soak his bread in wine and then put it on the top of his eye. Uh, so who do you hear that from? From his father. So that's how you know. The problem is, is that he that he also said about the other halacha. Who do you hear that from? If he heard that from also from his father, then that means both things were said by his father and none were said by Levi. Obviously, he heard one from his father and one from Levi, and that's what he said it over. So bottom line is, now we don't know who says which one. Next is Mar uh, Ukva, said in the name of Shmuel, that you could um, soak these, um, I don't know what it is, something to put on, you know, for, uh, whatever, it goes on your eyes, it's like a, a re- uh, some type of stuff that you, whatever, I don't know, special herbs, whatever, that you put on top of uh, your, that you put on your eyes on Shabbos. If you soak it from before Shabbos, it's fine to put it on on Shabbos. On your eyes, and there's no concern. Um, Barley Voy was in front of Marukva, and he saw that he was opening and closing his eyes when he did that, and he said, no, no, that's not what it is. That's not what's allowed. You're only allowed to just put it on your eye. So, um, anyway, so that's the story. Then they sent to Ravyan, uh, then Ravyan, sent to Marukvas, can you send me some of these gilurin that Shmuel makes? He was, made a great recipe, whatever it is, this stuff that goes on the eyes. And he says, look, I'm happy to send it to you because I don't want you to think I'm a cheapskate. But, let me tell you what Shmuel says, that it's even better than those, the, those applic- uh, applications that they put on the eye, is, um, well, is a little bit of cold water in the morning, and washing your hands and feet with hot water in evenings, that's actually going to be better for your eyes. Um, and that's what we brought down in the name of Ramuna, in the name uh, that uh, Ramuna said in the name of Yuda that the drop of tsonin in the morning and in the evening is better than all the applications on the eyes that people put for it works better than that. A lotion, it's like a mishcha, right? Some type of, uh, right, some type of, uh, it can't be like, like, I don't know, it can't be like a liquid because it's being soaked in water, so I, it has to be something a little thicker than that, I'm, so I'm just guessing. Anyway, we ended off talking about the importance of Nitila Sedaim in the morning, because if you touch your eye or your nose or your mouth, um, um, it, it's like a very dangerous, or your ears, or, um, or your... Um, Bloodletting uh, wound, um, 
um, or your, uh, that, that's all problematic before <coughs> washing nagel vasar in the morning and uh, touching your male membrane or is anyway a problem and uh, that's what we talked about because it can arouse a person um, and also um, your backside is also you're not supposed to touch it directly use something to wipe yourself with anyway um, and uh, also touching the food like a drink of beer also is dangerous and it can cause one blindness or deafness or or other um, bad bad breath and stuff okay and uh, that is where we left off I'm just gonna this.